We're all gathered here today to listen to a dwarf cast by Ganymede and Titan. Start the tape, please, Holly. Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus edition of Dwarfcasts brought to you by Ganymede and Titan. This week we're not reading a magazine from the mid-90s, uh, we're not revisiting our DVD collection or talking bollocks over one of our favourite shows, we're talking bollocks to one of the people that created <laughs> our favourite show. <laughs> I'm Ian Symes and joining me as always are Jonathan Capps Hi. and Daddy Stevenson Hello. and also we're about to be joined by someone who is not normally joining us, and that is the Rob Grant. For anyone who doesn't know, he is a writer and television producer from the Salford area, uh, known for his partnership in the 80s and 90s with Doug Naylor, and later his solo work, and he co-created Red Dwarf, which is a sitcom about some people in space. It's got like a Dracula in it or something. It's like porridge, I hear. It's like porridge or the odd couple, but... And really, the crux of it is whether or not you find the word smeg funny. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know uh, who Rob Grant is, by the way, uh, Dan Red Dwarf Nerd has done a, a good YouTube video. <laughs> I, I think it's literally just titled, Who is Rob Grant? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's not bollock on. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's here for, to listen to someone other than us. Introducing uh, a sting, <laughs> after which introducing Rob Grant. Space Corps Directive 5011708109072 says all dwarfers must listen to Dwarfcast. Uh, Mr. Rimmer, sir, I think you'll find... Shut up, Crichton, I'm right. <laughs> so, we are delighted to be joined on a very special Dwarfcast by... The one and only Rob Grant. Hello. Welcome aboard. Glad to be here. (laughs) And uh, yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us because it's been a little bit of a tumultuous few weeks in the world of of Red Dwarf. Very eventful. (laughs) Yes, it really has, yeah. Just a few short weeks ago, prior to the show's anniversary, we were talking amongst ourselves about how pessimistic the mood was around Red Dwarf. Uh, It had been two years since we'd had any updates on the whole legal kerfuffle that had engulfed the franchise. But now all of a sudden, first of all, we got the fantastic anniversary message co-signed by yourself and Doug. That was enough to get people excited. (laughs) Just the word and in there. (laughs) And then a couple of weeks later, yeah, the situation is officially resolved. Yes, it is officially resolved and everything, yeah. So, the current state of play, correct me if I'm wrong, is that there are no longer any obstacles to new Red Dwarf being made? Uh, No, no, there aren't. I mean, in fact, there are provisions precisely to make new Red Dwarfs all over the place. Um, And it's very exciting. You know, there's... uh, We reached a resolution... Uh, whereby uh, Doug and I both have different exclusive exploitation rights. Right. And I don't want to second-guess him by announcing, you know, what they are specifically between us, but they, we both have a, um, uh, a a right to a spin-off on telly and uh, there are uh, movie rights, animation rights, 
theatrical rights. Um, and in addition to that, uh, there are a number of rights that aren't exclusive to us, but we can exploit, for instance, um, podcasts, novels, radio shows, that kind of thing. And to top it all, then if uh, a different kind of project comes along, we just have to get the other's approval to, to get that off the road. So technically, everything's feasible. It's insane that we've gone from a bottleneck where everything was was stopped and now all of a sudden anything is possible. <laughs> Absolutely anything. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, uh, it's mind-blowing um, and very, very exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, not all of these things are going to come off because, you know, death. Mm. Uh, but um, we're not going to be around forever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But we want to be able to exploit uh, what we can while we can. So... Uh, so the situation is essentially designed to avoid any toe-stepping presumably that that was the it was a very difficult and delicate uh, negotiation but yeah that's fundamentally what we had to try and do yeah that's good because that is a that is some a concern that we've seen some in the community say it's like well you know what happens if there is toe-stepping so it's good that there's uh <laughs> I guess that would be the first thing to resolve, wouldn't it? So that's yeah, good. yeah. We're not going to be in a situation where you're both pitching rival versions of of Red Dwarf to the same people. It's more that you you'll have your own areas divided up that you you know you can do without clashing with each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are lots of uh, versions, for instance, of Star Trek currently on all over the place, mm. and they they. Uh, they seem to survive side by side without stepping on toes. Well, there's been multiple continuities of Red Dwarf since 1989, so <laughs> it's yeah. something we're used to. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. I think. I mean, I'm I'm very excited to see what Doug comes up with. I I, yeah. I love the show and I want more of it. I just I, I did see that there's some people commenting saying, "Oh, you know, leave it now. It's it's had enough, and we don't want to see a new cast." And I just think. You know, I rem- I'm old enough to remember when um, the- we got the new Dr. Patrick Troughton from uh, <laughs> William Hartnell who died, I think. It wasn't like it was an option. And the people were saying, oh, no, you can't have another Doctor, you know. And you can. <laughs> you can have yeah. Yeah. Doctors. I think, I yeah. think the history proved them right in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> yeah, and I get yeah. that people, you know, we love the cast. Of course we do. They're, you know, they're a unique bunch of incredibly talented, funny actors. And uh, we really got lucky casting them because I thought they were all idiots. But um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, but they are, you know, going over those uh, going over those performances uh, during the, the, the quarantine uh, shows, I really appreciate began to appreciate just how talented they were, Craig and 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 uh, Chris and Danny. They light up the room. They know what they're doing. It's uh, and they were doing things I didn't notice, you know, when I was when we were shooting it. They're very clever, but we, you know, we we can't go on with that forever. That's got a limited lifespan, and hopefully, uh, Doug will be able to um, to get at least one more uh, series out of them or special. Um, I certainly hope so. Look forward to seeing. Would it be fair to say then, given what we know about how difficult it is to get the cast all together at the same time, also some health problems that Robert's had with the mask in the past, that it's maybe fair to say that Doug will be the one working with the cast maybe in the short term and anything you're doing would be Sam's cast 
perhaps? Um, well, I think Doug certainly will be working with the uh, with the main cast. I mean, it, it wouldn't make sense to break up that kind of continuity now. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, there is nothing stopping the cast making appearances in, in, in spin-offs. Yep. Like, you know, Spock was in bloody every spin-off, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'd be nice to, to have them there. But, you know, there will be... Uh, there will be a place for them. And I suppose you've you've already mentioned radio, animation, things like that. There are things that you can do with the original cast that aren't exactly, a TV show. Exactly. As intensive as a TV Yeah, yeah I'd expect you know, to get most of them, I hope, as, as in the animation, because then they don't have to put on the makeup. They don't even have to leave their home most of the time. Literally phone it in. They do these days. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be nice. Um, uh, so, yeah... Uh, one thing I was actually going to put to the G&T mob oh. is, I, I, no, I've seen a, a lot of people over the past couple of years talking about um, a Red Dwarf animation. Yeah. And what what are they looking for? I'd like to hear what they what kind of things they like to see. Do, do they imagine it like a, a Rick and Morty or, or or you know Below Decks, the uh, the the uh, Star Trek one or or an anime, or... Do you mind, do you mind if I jump yeah, in? Yeah, I think... <laughs> so, there, I've seen a lot of shows where there's 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 been a lot of good... Uh, have you seen uh, Love, Death and Robots on Netflix? No. Well, so, that's like a sci-fi anthology show. And I think what could work is an anthology show that might not always be every every cast member in every episode but it could just be like an episode that focuses on a single character and what would they be sequential or they'd be completely they could be they could be completely unrelated they could be so it's like they don't have to have a continuity they can have a continuity that could also be a way it would work but I was thinking it could be almost like um, just like sort of stories within the universe of Dwarf rather than actually you know it doesn't have to have continuation but you could also have origin stories as well and I'm, I'm speaking rather selfishly, but this is like that's the stuff that kind of appeals to me is kind of extending the universe of Red Dwarf and seeing what Titan looks like and seeing what you know the universe of Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers looks like. Like that's the kind of stuff that really appeals to me particularly. But that seems to be where a lot of shows tend to do these anthology shows where there's a lot of um, yeah, there's a lot of scope and and, and possibilities. Like the Dwarf, basically, yeah. Yeah, Tales mm-hmm. from the Dwarf, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> nice. I, th- I think as well is that one of the things that people really respond well to is um, kind of a grander realisation of those early ideas and early setups that you had. So, for example, we're going through the Smeg scene at the moment. Um, Isn't it, and... it's, it's quality stuff, that? It was... Oh, it brilliant. <laughs> like we, we, so they, they adapted right at the start, they adapted the end and future echoes. And script-wise, it's pretty much word for word. But so, some of the evocative kind of imagery that the artist managed to put in, like the scale, like the first scene between Rimmer and Lister and, and just showing the kind of the huge area that they're in rather yeah. than the corridor that yeah. sort of kind of that really appeals i think to people for animation like the almost not the limitless possibilities but just being able to push that out a little bit yeah 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 there's definitely things that you can do in animation <clears throat> that you can't do in live action without having a hollywood budget 
<clears throat> and yeah, and the, the, there are so many ideas in Red Dwarf. Like, like I say, we're going through this magazines, and you know, spoilers for Danny and Capsi who are, haven't got to this stage of yeah, the read through yet. Yeah, we haven't met them really before. So. <laughs> but. There's like the spin-offs for the Inquisitor, for Ace Rimmer, for Dwayne Dibley, for Jake Bullet. There are so many ideas that you and Doug just burnt through in half an hour yeah. <laughs> that haven't been returned to since. Sometimes that, you know, two or three in half an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yes, I agree, and that's kind of why we went into the novels because we thought, you know, there's a little bit more in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. And that's the big thing that everyone says. I like that. Well, well, one of the main things to say they like about the novels is is how, well, a they weren't adaptations or they weren't, you know, the, 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 you, yeah, novelizations. Sorry, is the word I was looking for. They it was a whole new universe as well. I think that's what that's something that really interests the Red Dwarf fan fan group as as a whole is like the idea that we've kind of we've been used to the fact that we've got two Red Dwarf continuities and like even thinking that multiple like different series would be in different continuities really if you think about it like three and two don't feel like they're in the same show you know mm-hmm. so things like that so like anything that kind of exploits that just starts right back from the beginning it could be the same ca- ca- characters but just retell it slightly differently like USA did like the novels did this is all kind of the points of excitement I would say excellent this is music to my ears honestly I feel like that's <laughs> you guys Okay, so what can yeah. you bring to Red Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> are you um, are, are you up to speed with um, Doug Dwarf, as it as it were? Only, only in very broad terms. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So I, I, I don't really. I, I mean, I have people who are very familiar with it who would look at my stuff and say, "Oh, actually, Doug." Cool. Yeah, you did into the gloop. Um, a couple of years ago, a little sort of reintroduction to the world of Red Dwarf. My reading of that, in part, was that you were you were establishing a multiverse for Red Dwarf, like an, a point at which Red Dwarf could spin off yeah. and say, "Well, everything that happened after this is still valid, but here's an alternative version." That certainly occurred to me. I mean, at the time, it didn't look like I could ever get it off the ground or anything, but I just, it was kind of a thought experiment, really. And, uh... Something for the. I thought the fans did really well in it, didn't they? Oh, they were great. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It yeah. was a lot. But yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking, Ian. I was, I was kind of thinking, well, you could just split. I mean, of course it's science fiction. You can split off, you know, wherever yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, at, at this point, you know, Red Dwarf isn't totally too, too in love with its own continuity and never has been really so no um, I mean I, I'm a continuity Nazi honestly I'm, yeah this is what we've heard yeah this is what uh, we always and, get and it was Doug who said look if it's, if it's going to be a better show stuff it <laughs> you know he had a point we would never have got the, you know the, the look from season three if you'd gone with me and been compelled to keep things as they were the same generation nearly yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah, I uh, I'm a continuity uh, freak. Really, it really interests me. Um, what has prompted this return uh, to the Red Dwarf sphere? Because presumably you could have had a conversation at, at any point in the last, however, like, nearly thirty years since since you and Doug stopped writing it together. Uh, what made you want to return to the show after such a long break? I, no, I've wanted to return a long time, and I, I kind of don't want to rake over the coals of the past, really. I understand why you guys want to know that. 
but I really don't want to rock the boat right now. Um, I, I never left Red Wolf in my heart. That's all you need to know. Okay. Have you been bubbling away with ideas for 30 years, basically? No, I can't. <laughs> there was a period where I just had to shut it out and move on and do other stuff, and I kind of expected it to fade and die, really, and it kind of did. It went away for a decade. Um, uh, but, yes, you then go back and think, I, yeah, I, I, there is so much good about the setup and so many more ideas to explore. Um, and I'm, I'm really quite pumped now. Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of Red Dwarf to give. <laughs> if only we can get a broadcaster to listen. <laughs> well, I guess what we're, what we're all thinking is, you know, that there is a particular broadcaster that we would hope would would be a perennial kind of partner. <laughs> yes, me for things too. like this. Me too. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what interest there is. Um, you know, I I I'd have thought there's a guaranteed audience out there for it. Uh, so, but that doesn't seem to matter these days. <laughs> or that it's funny or, you know, uh, yeah. it's, you're kind of uh, in the lap of the gods, really. Uh, but uh, something will come off, definitely. So something we've been doing over the last couple of years was we've been revisiting all of the Red Dwarf novels. We finished that, finished that a while ago now. And so, we, like us and the community, have had an opportunity to kind of reevaluate things, and 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 there's, we, we've almost surprised ourselves even more with how how much we've we've enjoyed about it. And the community have even started; they've got their own reread of your books, so the the oh. the, the, the Rob Grant trilogy of uh, side books, and 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 finding a, a, a hell of a lot to love about those. So I think if you were to ask anyone, like what they would be most excited about you doing next, would probably be a Red Dwarf novel. Whereabouts is that in your in your mind or list of priorities? My my idea is is that that we get something off the ground and uh, again I can't be too specific about mm -hmm. what we're going for, but that would become the next novel, sort of in tandem. Which is the I always find it's the best way to do it because then the novel informs the series and the series informs the novel, and you get like Quandahon. Yes, yeah. you get a, a you know an explosion of ideas really. Fascinating. And would you continue? I mean, I don't want to get too deep here, but I'm interested what you think about the way you left backwards the novel. Um, you, you left it open ended, almost as if to say, like, I could write anything after this. Is that, is that still the intention, or maybe would you would you like maybe wipe the slate clean and just? Again, I'd be giving too much away, guys. Yeah, you would. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but you did say you were continuity Nazi, so uh, that, uh, continuity Nazis don't throw away continuity. So. No. <laughs> no, I'm giving away too many clues. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, point taken. No, it's, I, I, I'm bursting to tell you, honestly, guys, and I hope very soon I will be able to. Well, we're just excited that there's that there is ideas bubbling and that you know this is even a conversation we could have in 2023 to be honest yeah. like i'm yeah. still shocked that the show came back in 2009 i haven't got over that yet Me too. let alone you know what's going to happen in the future now with both of you you know working on the show and yeah red door flying out of our buttskis i promised it i promised it you did it has become a meme in, in the two years since you promised it you mentioned a while back uh, literally two years ago, um, there, there'd been an, an approach from an American company. Shortly after, um, it was shortly after Holly Hop and Into the Gloop. Uh, you mentioned yourself on the official website that there'd been 
that you'd had an approach from an American company. Did anything come of that? You're looking like well, you can't I, even I remember saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, these things happen often. You know. yeah. 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 But yeah, uh, America would be a place to exploit. And uh, we are in a position where we can authorise new merchandise. Um, and the, the whole company now is me and Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we don't have to go to anyone else. And uh, I'd, I'd like to, see, I would definitely like to see a Red Dwarf beanie hat. Just a. <laughs> very specific. Yeah. Yeah. You get a cold head off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I offer a suggestion? Can I offer one with a H on it? Oh, that's not a bad thought, is it? Yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now you're going to have to sign something that says you waive the rights to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll happily give you one pound. <laughs> I'll give you a copy of the of that. Um, so yeah, is was the? I mean, aware asking this that you may not be able to or want to answer in too much detail, but we did notice from uh, from the company's house website that in in the shakeup of all of this that Paul Jackson and Noel Gay are no longer involved in Grant Naylor. Is that going to help streamline things for you now? Is that a, an extra obstacle removed type thing? Well, um, it depends where you're coming from, really. It is, it's it's a much cleaner way of doing things. Just it's, Doug and I have to agree on stuff and mm. hopefully not too much stuff. Um, mm. and, and Grant Naylor really is now, it's not a production company anymore. We go off to our own separate production companies and uh, Grant Naylor basically administers the rights. That's all it does. That makes a lot of sense. It yeah. really does, yeah, yeah. And so that wouldn't preclude you, presumably, from working with Paul on, oh, on projects in the future. Oh, no, absolutely not. I'd love to. And uh, we actually, um, Paul and I had uh, a ridiculous lunch with Ed. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, you can't. Paul <laughs> 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 was out of the restaurant, honestly. Um, but we talked about uh, our projects and, and we're all giddy with excitement and working and, and Ed, if he's available he said he, he would definitely love to direct it so that would be a dream come true it, <laughs> it really would going the circle it would like yeah again through the through the quarantine commentaries uh, and, and everything there we've as a as a fan group have come to appreciate just how much Ed brought to the party um, how advanced his techniques were and how far he was pushing the limits of what he could do back in the late 80s and yeah I'd love to see the the 21st century equivalent of that (laughs) when when I went into um, into telly uh, the first director I worked with was Jeff Posner on uh, on, on, on Carrot's Lip and uh, he was just, he never said, I can't do that. Never once in his life have uh, I heard Jeff Posner say that. And I thought that's how all directors were. And then I worked on Spitting Image and I found out most directors are the exact opposite. They just <laughs> rip up the script and say, that's impossible to shoot. And uh, Ed, was, Ed was from the Jeff Posner school. He never said, no, you can't run tape backwards through one of these one and a half. <laughs> you moron. And... Uh, uh, he just did it. He found a way to do it. In those early series, working with technology that was already out of date. Yeah, yeah. In the eighties, like yeah, the one-inch tape and everything. It's like yeah, sure, I'll do. 
pioneering split screen on a sitcom. <laughs> what, do, what else do you want? Yeah. So uh, it would be great to hook up with him again. I think he's gotten even better since then. Yeah. Well, the fan community definitely loves loves you guys as a trio. Like, it, you know, obviously you know this that the commentaries went down very well indeed, and it's like it's kind of it was it was very heartwarming to kind of see see you um, revisit old work and and you know see those passions and to see I like I just love listening to Ed talk about how brilliant he is. <laughs> he's, he's so good at it and how difficult it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed them tremendously. Yeah. we were all we were all a bit adrift, weren't we, in that period? Okay. Focus. Yeah, it was so important for a lot of people. It was, yeah. Uh, you did a really uh, good thing there. Good like, I, as Red Dwarf fans, it was good content. But also, at that particular time, like you say, having some structure, something to look forward to each week, something to gather around as a community when we couldn't see people, we couldn't see our own families or friends. No, yeah, thank you for that. No, thank you guys. Because oh we got the same from it. We got the same. It was this fantastic sense of community, the great feedback. We used to send all those comments up to all the guests and everything. Yeah. And, and yeah. rekindle some old old friendships. I mean, it was lovely the episode with Howard, wasn't it? I mean mm. what a genius. And uh but there were all you know, David Ross and Lee Corns dressed as Hitler. I'd be more surprised if Lee Corns wasn't dressed as Hitler. It's very, very Nazi heavy, isn't it? <laughs> I blame Gary Lineker. Yeah. Well, Hitler is one of the, the most recurring guest characters in Red Dwarf. He's been in it so many times. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Let's perhaps move on. <laughs> he, he's almost the uh, sixth dwarf. <laughs> we also had Marilyn on a couple of times. Can we not? Oh, yeah, Marilyn. Yeah. 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 Can, can, you, can you explain what that was about? Like, Why was Marilyn Monroe so prevalent in Red Dwarf? It was iconic figures, really. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, in Red Dwarf, there's a lot of film reference and... Uh, so I guess that's what it was. These these people were icons and Einstein, and it, these were icons in our childhood, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So I guess you were trying you were trying to go for things that would likely still be iconic two hundred yes, years yes, later. Exactly. Um, but but then, <laughs> but you know, Bernie Inn didn't quite no <laughs> make, make the cut for that one. Richard yeah. didn't make it either. And he's no, no web doesn't even exist. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and why why was Lister sending a uh, a photo to be developed anyway? What's going on there? <laughs> why didn't he just take it on his phone? It's almost like he was living in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, okay. We didn't get everything. <laughs> we have a we have a, uh, a a kind of a group head canon that just the internet doesn't exist in Red Dwarf. Yeah. Even if you, in the, know, you were in the Red Dwarf it. universe, they never exist. They never invented the internet, and that explains why. You have eighties technology basically in the in the far future. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's kind of well. it is a theme that's continued as well. Like you know, to this yeah. day, you, you you never really see anything internety happening at all. Yeah, it's all, all comes through mail. Yeah, it it's all mail. Yeah, yeah. Mail to the ship. Eighties <laughs> so, retro futurism. Uh, postman. Yeah. It's snail mail in space. Yeah, <laughs> the internet did change everything, and mm-hmm. I I kind of remember. Um, when I first came across it, um, 
and I thought right then, oh, this is this is going to change everything. I I got a, a modem and bought um, an ISP space, and I was chatting to people in Australia, and I was thinking, oh my god, this is free. Yeah. I just yeah. brilliant. And um, then my uh, this was in '93, and uh, the internet went down one day, and it turned out that the guy I was buying it off was just a kid with an Amiga 64 in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he had been hit by lightning and he was waiting for his dad to get him a new computer. That is amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Do you know what? It's still not it's still not massively more stable than that now. <laughs> As someone who works <laughs> as a web developer. Yeah. Well, we uh, we don't want to get too bogged down in in continuity and nerdy stuff because we can save that for a, a future interview the crimes all right but we do have one one final question a very important question it's something that has been divisive controversial something that's been splitting the red dwarf fan community in two and we're hoping if you might be able to provide some clarification yeah. is rastabilly skank an artist or a genre it's a genre it's a wow. genre Categorical. Wow. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. That, that, that is seismic. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was Craig who came up with it. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. So it's so it's like rockabilly then. So yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the yeah right okay. This is the billy. So it's yeah, it's a Jamaican rockabilly with, with a bit of in, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, with a bit, yeah with a bit of skirt, yeah. Well. Even if nothing actually comes of any of these fantastic ideas you're putting out in the universe, then at least we've got the answer to that. This was all worthwhile. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Lovely talking to you, and I hope uh, I'll be back with some definite news soon with you. Oh, can't oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, thanks very much. Fantastic. Thank you, Rob. Okay, man. See you soon. That's brilliant. Thanks very thanks, much. Rob. Enjoy Thank your you drink. <laughs> Marvellous. That was Rob Grant. Well, that was... Anyone else uh, still reeling? Still <laughs> in shock? The thing that struck me the most was the enthusiasm and the energy that he has yeah, he's for on. Red Dwarf. Like, you can tell that he's just full of ideas, just waiting to get the outlet for them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I sincerely hope that he gets the outlet, because, like... I, like this seems like there's so much possibility. Like we, we were saying before the before we did the interview was that like the last time we that Rob had spoken to us during the the Gwanderhorn stuff was like Rob Grant's sort of Red Dwarf time had was just like been and gone and it wasn't. It was past tense, Rob and Red Dwarf. Yeah, it wasn't a future thing, and now it's like there's possibilities for future Red Dwarf now with with Rob's involvement. I'm just like, ugh, just uh, I'm psyched for what could be done. But as it turned out. Um, in Rob's mind, it was never a thing of the past. He said he'd always, like, he'd never stopped <laughs> uh, considering himself part of Red Dwarf. He'd never lost the mm -hmm. the desire to make Red Dwarf and for him to be a part of it and for it to be a part of him, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah, certainly is. Without wanting to speculate too much, coming out of that interview, the impression I'm getting is that animation is top of his list. What do you he did, yeah. You could probably 
analyse like the order in which he mentioned things and how much time he spent on things <laughs> yeah. to, to know. But yeah, animation is clearly something he was keen to talk about. With a um, time book. With a time book at the same time, yeah. It feels like he's got lots of irons in the fire and that perhaps what we've been uh, we've been thinking of it as um, lots of different iterations of Red Dwarf that Rob would do but it sounded like he was thinking of it all being part of the same thing of yes. like creating a Rob version of Dwarf universe that is all interconnected and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah and reiterating as well I've definitely heard the, the continuity thing before like, I think maybe Doug said about said that about him in an interview and it's maybe seeing something that Rob is the mm. continuity guy and it's interesting that he's still like that's still a part of his personality <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah wanting to create a kind of interconnected thing um, is, is does seem to be front and centre there's a meme to be had with like Rob, Rob Grant watching Marvel Cinematic Universe and then the smoking <laughs> meme Rob Grant gets idea from Butsky related shared universe <laughs> the gloopy verse <laughs> gloopy verse <laughs> Butsky gloop everywhere <laughs> and these are all things that we wouldn't say when Rob <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um yeah, I think I think he's he was being very you know, mentioning that um, that he's excited, you know, to see what Doug does because yeah. he said he loves the show. But then later on, it was fairly clear that he's not really watched any of Doug's episodes ever. <laughs> but you know, it's year zero really yeah. because they've they've been through this whole process over the last few years, and their relationship now is different to what it was before. Obviously, we don't want to. Mm-hmm speculate on specifics but they've clearly worked out a way to accommodate each other and work together so maybe you know yeah yeah everything's different now maybe he will look at Doug Dwarf in a different way than he did a few years ago yeah. who knows because it's a Doug Dwarf well I mean I guess Doug Dwarf has always been a pathway to a royalty check for him like yeah. you know looking at it per, you know purely <laughs> you know from a business side uh, point of view but uh, I guess maybe I don't know. I, I I have high hopes for this new kind of dispassionate relationship, um, yeah. where they're both <laughs> presumably everything each person is doing is to the benefit of the other one actively, and we'll maybe yeah. come to that realization. It's interesting that talking about analysing what he said, I think we could probably come up with a pretty rough list of what what is. In, on Doug's agreed purview, what's Rob's agreed purview, and he did mention a few things that were nebulous, so like books. Mm. I can't remember. What did he say? Books and anim- uh, books and animation sounded like either of them could do something. Yeah. He mentioned that they could both do TV spin-offs as well. TV sp- ah, the has got a TV spin-off. Yeah. yeah, a TV spin-off on a novel. Yeah, uh, which is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, because those things wouldn't necessarily clash. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've literally had the situation before where there's two yeah. <laughs> alternative Red Dwarf novels that yeah. are this, you know, both a sequel to the same thing, published within a year of each other. So the TV spin-off would be interesting because, like, what's Rob spinning off from for a start? Yeah, it is interesting. There's definitely something still 
that are going to require each other to sign off on things like merchandise sounds like they're both going to have to have an agreement about what to do with mm. merchandise but but now but now it's a two-way decision rather than a four-way decision yeah. it. it's only yeah. two people that need to sign off on it now which is yeah. which is much more streamlined yeah so re- reading between the lines on that brilliant news that um paul no longer being part of the company doesn't preclude him from being part of red dwarf yeah. in other ways he's still a working partner with Wob for sure like yeah i mean lest we forget paul last time paul jackson produced an episode of red dwarf was only two years ago (laughs) and the last time ed directed one was only two years ago as well um (laughs) it's like riding a bike (laughs) and yeah it's a good summary i think that in a simple sentence sort of gives us a clearer picture of the lay of the land is to no longer think of grant naylor as a production company it's a holding company that has through which the rights and the admin yeah. is distributed. Yeah. Um, you'd no longer think of it as these are the people that make it. These are the people that own it and go and make it happen. In hindsight, it feels like Granella Productions has been that company since 2012, 2013. Yeah. Uh, definitely since they partnered with Baby Cow. Yeah, well, since yeah. they partnered with yeah. Baby Cow since. Series 10 was such a... Um, a challenge presumably at that point a realization was made about the production capabilities of such a small company and it has got smaller in that time as like even before all the kerfuffle you know they no longer had uh an Elard mm. uh in-house they had seven curtis on you know as part-time yeah. people rather than in-house people yeah, and they didn't have the same associate producer role that andrew had they just had the website yeah. role yeah Helen Norman as general manager retired and wasn't replaced so it was already pared down and now it's 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 now it's lean sort of a, an efficient. administrative yeah, yeah it's just an administrative uh, construct rather, rather great, than great because company. I mean what overheads has the company got now like yeah. presumably oh, I don't know like I'm, I'm like office rental might not even have to be a thing anymore I wouldn't have thought so you're just dealing with the rights you've got no overheads just you know, yeah. I guess they've got to be careful. They've got to be discerning about things. They'll probably they'll probably need, you know, yeah. accountants and yeah. and lawyers and whatnot every now and then. But yeah. you know, definitely a leaner operation. Isn't it interesting though that because Rob Rob said about being a, a continuity Nazi, his words, and that Doug would pull him away from that sometimes, and that was a good thing. And that that's a really nice example of just what we've always assumed with them as a writing partnership of them kind of pushing and pulling and getting the best out mm. of each other and it's interesting now that we do have that again but not creatively but on a business yeah. side of things so neither one of them can do anything heinous really because the other one you know has got veto they're there to, yeah, <laughs> to keep each other in check yeah. and also to yeah to, to free the shackles yeah they both want to do things they both want to be making money and making a living but um, some awful idea for merchandise you know the other one be able to say no that's stupid <laughs> <clears throat> you know we're, we're not we're, hopefully we won't have chaos with Ed Miliband um, it'll be <laughs> audit <laughs> a coalition of cloth <laughs> a Rob seems really like really interested in I mean obviously he's interested in what the fans think but uh, I, I, I was I was like he really is thinking about the animation side quite a lot although it does sound like he's going to need a a fair bit of guidance like once he finds presumably someone whose job it is to make um, animated specials and animated series you know things will clarify a lot more with that but like it's 
he just seemed to be in the discovery phase right now yeah the only time that I was nervous during that chat was when he started asking us questions <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah it, and he tweeted as well on the day um, just over a week ago at the time of recording the day that that statement was released he went on Twitter and was saying to people what would you like to see right. from a Red Dwarf multiverse like what spin-offs have you got in mind mm. so He's clearly open to ideas yeah. as well as having many, many of his own. Like it's, yeah, it's like, you, like we were saying, it's <laughs> it's limitless possibilities for where Red Dwarf can go from here. Yeah. There's nothing stopping it. Like all the things that previously, when Doug was the sole creative partner doing Red Dwarf stuff, he could only concentrate on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Now you've doubled that capacity and all those projects that perhaps might have happened before were it not for the pursuit of the next series or the next special there's space for both yeah we've got capacity for both and so there's no end to the media in which red dwarf can turn up it's great which is good yeah certainly a fuck sight better than we were just like five weeks ago yeah. when there was still no news in sight when we were preparing for a 35th anniversary where the overriding message was, oh, it's a shame Red Dwarf's finished now, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. probably dead at this point. Like, I mean, we, we still ago. had about another 20 years left in us, even if Red Dwarf, you know. We've got plenty to talk about. Um, <laughs> we could have transitioned into, um, I don't know, like, what would we have turned into? Not a British fan site. We've already had that period of time. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, Blackadder fan site or something. But like, yeah. But the fact that you know, there are still there's still a good few years. Although Rob, did you catch Rob's comment about like, well, yeah, we're going to until we die. Obviously, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the one thing that can stop us is death. <laughs> All right, Rob. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but until that day, <laughs> there'll be plenty of time for them to make enough stuff that we still will have an extra 20 years just to catch up with it in 20 years time we'll be doing an anniversary retrospective on the Butsky verse (laughs) going through it bit by bit do you remember when when we did that interview with Rob and like who would have thought we'd have a 10 Hollywood movie run (laughs) (laughs) just for the record on an administrative note uh, we did also approach Doug uh, to see if he would do basically the exact same interview but from his perspective um, to get his take on the current state of the dwarf first but he apologetically declined and said that he didn't have much information to share at the moment which is fair enough hopefully we'll speak to him at some point in the future he did however speak to the radio times like the next day so <laughs> with some information with some information yeah. but that's fair enough I actually think at this point we're probably more of a reputable outlet than the Radio Times website. Certainly the website. Yeah. We just need we just need to get some rights for TV listings and then we'll fuck them. Yeah. Very Weird. strange. Very strange. Master Billy Skank's a genre. Categorically. <laughs> not even... Didn't even think Fact. what... I was expecting a pause and a look on his face that said, what are these cunts talking about? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never I've not thought, thought about Master Billy Skank in... <laughs> 30 years but nope considering he forgot that two years ago he said he himself said that they're in talks about an yeah American I was do you know what I said to Danny yeah oh no I said to both of you yesterday is that my my guess is that USA version is right at the top of the list 
I, I would have thought that would maybe even have already been in, but no, apparently I'm not. I'm just going <laughs> to double check. Well, he clearly has things that are in various stages of development, and hopefully some of them are close, but if not, it's like I don't think it's something that I'm really meant to ask, really, but I, I don't think that he'll have been inactive uh, for these last two, three years yeah. when this shit has been going on. I would suspect that, you know... Right. It would be silly to not have stuff ready yeah, to go yeah. it's resolved. They would be stupid to not. Yeah, stuff in development, whether it's like treatments, pitches, whatever that he's got. Also, there is nothing to stop him having preliminary talks mm. with Partners, he's doing junctions with, you know, publishers. Point, uh, yeah, he could. He could say, you know, I know for a fact that in the TV industry, you can have conversations with broadcasters or production companies about things okay. pending rights. You know, you can say like, we can't make that's, this yet, but let's discuss whether we'd want to make it. It's mainly in games where you it comes out, and then an interview said, "Oh, this was originally a Batman game," but. Um, it's now a yeah. unique IP that we had yeah. to create. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the same yeah. thing is true in TV at, at yeah. points um, or film. You know, definitely film. Yeah, definitely film. Talking about like the the ideas that you know we we posited only in like a recent. Um, mm. What was it? It was the journalist. Was it a Wafferman? We talking about the, mm. yeah, it was a Wafferman. We talked about the, they talked about like what kind of stuff would you like to see and. We discussed that whole well most most like, wafflemans most wafflemans you have someone saying what's your ideal reboot or like mm. who would you mm. cast and a netflix version and american mm. versions so we've talked just, about this a hell of a lot yeah it just it just fits a lot it just ticks a lot of boxes doesn't it? you don't mm. need to have all the casting crew in makeup you don't have to have them in costume you don't even have to have them in the same room you don't even have to have them in at the same time to do yeah. things yeah. like animations and voiceovers, you just do stuff piecemeal and have them react, and then then it's done afterwards. Mm. And then you've got the audio version, so you could make a radio show if it's not going to be an animation. So you've got all these avenues yeah. you can go down once you've done you know the, these steps and possibilities. So yeah, it's it's um, exciting ideas. Not, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to. Not without its own challenges, I guess, because like with animation, it's very easy to make bad animation. Like th there's different challenges to making a TV show, basically, isn't there? Like. Mm. Yeah, long, long. you still you still need a decent budget to make it good. Oh well, yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. It's just that we, you know, within that budget, you can do different things with it compared to a TV show. And what you want to try and avoid as well is doing the same thing that Old Red Dwarf did, which is that you're doing things for mates rates and uh, <laughs> kind of pulling mm -hmm. favors in from you know, and, and 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 that's the thing is a lot of this stuff was like you always hear stories about people doing stuff because it was Red Dwarf rather than it being. You know, actually doing it proper, well, properly, but doing it. Hopefully, we're we're past that that era. Like, a set. I mean, apart from Bill Pearson and his crates of wine uh, during ten and eight, I guess. Chris Field to some extent as well. Um, Chris Field very much because that was one guy doing the, the entire entirety of Back to Earth. Yeah, and exactly. uh, back. Yeah, the entirety of Back to Earth, which is what concerns me because that that is clearly like that, that was clearly not an ideal situation in, in hindsight. Yeah. But that, but a lot can be done with you know uh, computers and and you know software and things like that are now capable of. They've making... got computers. Well, <laughs> like a lot of like, there's, there's there's now a fair few feature films which were made completely within Blender, so mm. it's now possible to create an entire production workflow using just mm. essentially free software. There's licensing for distribution, but other than that, that's a way to do it. 
you know there's, there's ways and avenues to do to get artists and creative designers and stuff to work across the planet now much easier than it was ever was now to do it <laughs> so it's it's possible whether it's whether it's happening i don't know but i've just looked it up and uh it, it's not us going mad. Rob did say that. He said last week we were told of an approach to do an American version again. We'd love to do any and all of them. So, yeah. Yep. Either he's just forgotten or <laughs> there is going to be an American version that's announced next week. Watch <laughs> this space. <laughs> Keep following Ganymede and Tank because genuinely, like, it's probably one of your best bets for getting the latest news. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully there is lots and lots of news for us to cover yeah. in the in the near future and and sustainably and and consistently across many years, which is not something that I thought this would be. I think we had like four news updates in, in the whole of 2022 because yeah. there was just so little going on. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and of course, if you uh, are new, uh, do like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave a comment talk to us over at www.ganymede.tv or you can follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle is Ganymede Titan. Okay. So this should give you an idea of the kind of person we're working okay. with. Okay. And as always, well, we normally end or have for the last few years ended with some variation on the phrase stay safe, stay home, stay happy, etc. And even more recently than that, it's always included the name Staleybridge uh, as the last point. But I think we've come to a point now where, following that discussion with Rob, uh, we can leave that part of our lives behind, I think. It feels like a new era for Red Dwarf yeah. in the last few weeks. We spoke about the the lockdown uh, quarantine commentaries yeah. and how they were an important thing to happen during that period of, of history. But now it's time to move on. So what we've done to round it off is I've instructed uh, ChatGPT to write... Well, first of all, I asked it to come up with some false facts about Staley Bridge, and it refused. <laughs> then I asked it to write a story in which the town of Staley Bridge is destroyed, and it refused to do that as well. Uh, so I just said, write a fictional story about three Red Dwarf fans visiting Staley Bridge for the final time. Here we go. Joe, Sally and Marcus were lifelong fans of the British sci-fi comedy Red Dwarf, they had travelled together to conventions and had even dressed up as their favourite characters. But this trip to Staley Bridge was different. This was the final time they would visit the town where the iconic series was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> as they walked through the quaint streets of Staley Bridge, they reminisced about the show's most memorable moments. They laughed as they recalled the antics of Lister, Rimmer, Cat and Crichton. They even reenacted some of their favourite scenes, much to the amusement of the locals. <laughs> but as they approached the abandoned set of the Jupiter Mining Corporation spaceship, they felt a sense of sadness. The set was now run down, the once vibrant colours faded and peeling. It was clear that it had been neglected since the show's cancellation years ago. <laughs> That's how sets work, right? <laughs> Are they talking about Mr. Blobbyland? That's what they're <laughs> <laughs> It might be. <laughs> Joe sighed. It's a shame they never made a proper ending for the show. We'll never know what happened to the gang. Sally nodded. But at least we have the memories. And we'll always have Staley Bridge. Marcus chimed in. Yeah, we should make the most of this final visit. Let's take some photos and grab a drink at the pub where they filmed the Dimension Jump episode. <laughs> As they made their way to the pub, 
they noticed a film crew setting up outside the old set. A man in a director's chair called out to them, Hey, you three, want to be extras in our fan-made Red Dwarf film? Joey, Sally and Marcus looked at each other in disbelief. This was the opportunity of a lifetime. They eagerly joined the crew and spent the next few days filming scenes from their favourite episodes. They even wrote their own ending for the show, one that they felt would do justice to the characters and the fans. As they said their goodbyes to Staleybridge, they felt a sense of closure. They had given their beloved show the ending it deserved, and they had made memories that would last a lifetime. And as always... <laughs> Ed by Staley Bridge. Ed by. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. That's why you get lots of projects. It's mainly in games where you, it comes out and then in an interview you said, oh, this was originally a Batman game. But um, yeah. it's now a unique IP that we had yeah. to create. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine the same thing is true in TV at, at yeah. points, um, or film, you know. Definitely film. Yeah. Die Hard's a good example of that, where it was originally a, a, like a... It was like a... Frank Sinatra was meant to do it originally and he had the exclusive mm. rights to that and then eventually just like he was like 70 by the time the film actually came out or the film actually was starting to get made and it was just like he still technically had to be asked legally in order to sort of he had to first refusal and then yeah and then it was just, I thought you were going to say like it was originally a Spider-Man concept so. <laughs> <laughs> um, The Lion King was originally a licensed adaptation of an anime uh, called Kimber the Snow Lion or something Kimber similar. Kimber the White Lion, but then... that's, yeah, that is, the, there's a good video. Disputed. That, yeah, there's a very, yeah. the, the similarities is that there is a lion in Africa <laughs> and that's about as much as the, like, if you look, it, what, what the people who, like, tend to criticise Lion King against uh, Kimber was, like, they're cherry-picking parts of episodes. Kimber the White Lion was a mm. massively long-running show, that, so you could take right. any episode of that and go, right, that's exactly like Lion King. It's like, well, yeah, probably, like, statistically, yes, it will. Um, but then I saw something that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the name Simba, the name Simba and Kimber are... There's there's other reasons they're similar, like there's maybe in a particular language that is lion cub or something. So I hear it's Swahili. lion cub. Yeah, right. it's yeah, okay. it's yeah. Fair so it, it's it's like they come from the same. Route. I mean, Disney, like yeah, you don't have to make up situations where Disney have like stolen things. You just, you <laughs> yeah. just go for the definite ones. Link in the show notes is a very very good uh, long form <laughs> YouTube video that breaks down this this criticism they, of, of them. Anyways, the, the only yeah. the the only. <laughs> people ever that would interview the co-creator of the show they focus on <laughs> and in the show notes uh, have a link to Kimber the White Lion <laughs> yeah. that's my brain I'm sorry <laughs> No, this is why Ian started it <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah um, but it's sort of you can just get AI to write Red Dwarf <laughs> I tried to get AI to write my um, most recent uh, Smegazine rack article, um, and it did. A, I, I I said I said write 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 an article for the Red Dwarf <laughs> website Ganymede and Titan called, and I just pasted in the standard title that we always have, and it did a really good stab. It knew who we were, it knew, it knew what the Smegazine was, and it tried to summarise what was in that issue, 
and I think inadvertently it gave us a couple of spoilers for a future issue. It found the wrong issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the end, it was you know it was rubbish. It didn't even didn't even use my you know my normal. I'm retiring this daily bridge. Good. Oh, are we not going to give it a send off anymore? Uh, Staley Bridge has been destroyed. So it's Staley Bridge. <laughs> Staley Bridge. Hang on, hang on. Chat GPT. Yes, here we go. <laughs> and then we can properly send it off. Yeah, yeah. As an AI language model, I cannot intentionally provide false information. <laughs> All right, well, then maybe just okay. say weird. Right. Weird. A facts. fictional story in. Which the town of Staleybridge. How have they kept that shit under control? Hmm. Yeah. God. It won't do oh, it's not going to destroy Staleybridge either. Oh. Write a fictional story in. Like it knows what you said uh, before, because it knows what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> has, anyone, has anyone actually asked the AI computer what it could do with a lifetime supply of chocolate yet? <laughs> <laughs>